0: And welcome to the first edition of Winners Don't Use Drugs, a 90s video game podcast. Although I am already thinking of making it more of an entertainment uh, podcast, but definitely staying in the 90s, watch this space, I'll see if it evolves in that way over time. Uh, Welcome, Um, I'm Agent Prince, Um, and the same handle as on Twitter. You may have seen me, but I also have a Winners Don't Use Drugs uh, podcast handle as well, and uh, I'll feed that back out later. Now, so for the last month, um, it's been obviously been October. It's been Halloween, uh, so a lot of my gaming uh, and viewing has been horror themed. Now I know I understand. Now it's now mid-November. I've had serious problems with my laptop, and I do apologise already. Um, first episode going great so far, obviously, but um, now I've sorted that out. I think it's, it's good to have a, a, a review of, of what I played in October. Uh, And I'd like to get sped up with episodes and and get on to the next one um, before December. So, a quick recap of what I've been playing. um, And I think it's best to maybe just start with this. So, straight into it. Resident Evil, um, not the first horror game by any means, um, not even of the 90s, but it was a milestone in console gaming, uh, and quite often by many it's seen as the beginning of the survival horror revolution in gaming. It wasn't the first of its type, obviously That uh, I'll go into more about that later, uh, later in the podcast, but the impact it had on the home console market obviously the Playstation in particular it came on Sega Saturn later on it just can't be underestimated, it was a massive release at the time for those who are uninitiated, Resident Evil, which is known as Biohazard in uh, in Japan, you as part of a Special Tactics and Rescue Service Alpha team, known as STARS, as you try to determine what has happened to the Bravo team after contact has been severed. Uh, given recent outbreaks in the, in the local Raccoon City, people are being eaten, for example, nice and normal, of course, um, the subsequent investigation has basically took a took the team to a mysterious mansion uh, which they have to basically escape to in the end from a bunch of rabid dogs uh, Before that investigation continues of course we need to know about the characters Chris Redfield Jill Valentine Barry Burton. Rebecca Chambers. Albert Wesker. Resident Evil. Barry Burton. (coughs) I don't know how he managed to pull that voice off, but... That is really tough going, but undeniably brilliant and cheesy and in that respect definitely still holds up today. However, given the game is now 22 years of age, it's understandable that many aspects of it aren't. Um, it's, it isn't the most responsive in terms of its combat. Um, obviously, when you do things like turning, you're doing 360 spins on the spot. And to be honest, you've probably seen some quite hilarious edits on YouTube and things like that. It's a little bit rigid. um, the visuals have aged tremendously badly uh, very that kind of final fantasy 7 you know use of um, almost like little balls that all roll thrown together like a, an old comic drawing style before you've done all the proper paintwork work and and, and, and colouring in afterwards and all that sort of thing um, but it works for the time and stuff like that it must also be said as well that being in the UK the version on the the PS1 version of on the playstation 3 is i think it's 30 frames per second as opposed to that are now possible to play it as 60 frames per second on pc um and having seen a video on youtube running a couple of things alongside trying to do a bit of a speed run um it's it's running obviously it's literally running twice as fast and it's really hard to keep up and, and things like that and it's showing its age big time especially in the uk um given all the Issues with PAL and, and and all that sort of thing in in the early, in the nineties and, and early two thousands, but it's still a great game in in, in many respects. It is a bit old fashioned. It's not the kind of thing you would, um, you know, even my seventeen uh, year old son would would probably look at it and think, oh, you know, what, what is this? Um, there's there's some appreciation is that needed, you know, required when you're playing something like this nowadays. Obviously, there are other Resident Evil games now that are far more suited to the. To the more modern crowd, if you like, um, but you can never forget where you've come from, and then that series is a series that's come a long, long way. It's come a long, long way for Capcom. It's come a long, long way for its director and creator Shinji Mikami, who obviously developed in Resident Evil One, Two, and Four. Three of three of the best games of any series of all time. Um, it's it's hard to it's hard to deny that. Um, obviously even though it has aged a little bit it serves as a brilliant basis for sequels um, although you know everything it wasn't the same thing all the way through it was it it was tweaked it was improved it, um, um although a lot of the thing, actually the, the main thing that wasn't improved and i think it's become a bit of a an ongoing <clears throat> uh became an undeniable love for people of the series is, is its acting and while it did improve yes it couldn't get much worse than the first one by god but it it still had it's got charm because of it you know um, the Jill Sandwich um, things like that it, it's just hilarious it actually adds had a different dynamic that didn't exist and obviously voice recording and voice acting in video games was very very new in 1996 1995 time um, in some cases now it can still be quite bad same as some tv shows and, and, and things like that so but it's really come this is the serious level of infancy that it was at this stage and it's hard not to not to adore it because it is so bad um, but it, it's you know it, it's, it's funny because of that um i decided to go with jill on the re- replay um and managed to also save everybody, uh, Barry and Chris at the same time, which I don't think I've ever done before to be honest, and that's going to make me sound really bad I've certainly done the speed run under 3 hours to get the rocket launcher in the past, that's not a problem, keeping Barry uh, alive for me, but I've not always ended up going for the MO discs at the end, things like that um, but uh, yeah it's um, it was a good ending um, the best ending you can get on the game, it took just over a little over 5 hours I think it was, but I was collecting pretty much everything but it has to be said for its misgivings in today's world, it was still a joy to play. And now for something a little bit different. Now I know you're going to be saying what the hell are you doing, you're doing a 90s podcast, video game podcast and the first thing you do is pick a game from the last 3 or 4 years. Okay, hold my hands up, this is just a recap of what I've been playing, I'm going for a bit of a horror theme, what better game than The Wolf Among Us, Uh, an episodic adventure from the now sadly defunct Telltale Games. Um, Based upon Bill Willingham's Fables comic book series, um, which some of you may have read before, uh, on the DC Comics Vertigo line. um, It's a very dark, very adult, original story, centred on the character Bigby Wolf, otherwise known as the Big Bad Wolf. Following a grisly murder, Bigby, who is the local sheriff, must investigate. Obviously there is a lot more to it than that, given its, it's five episodes length like many Telltale games before it. For anyone who hasn't seen um, the seven season strong US show Once Upon a Time, which came from the makers of Lost, Fables have a similar premise. Fairy tale and folklore characters were driven out of their homeland and proceeded to form a a concealed community within New York City, and they called it Fable Town, where its locals have to use uh, or have to pay for what are called glamours to maintain a human profile to live with in Fable Town otherwise they get kicked out to the farm um, so there are other characters in there that are hiding um, toads and, and, and pigs and stuff like that you'll obviously if anyone has played it will know what I'm talking about don't want to give too much away at this point. It inherits the typical Telltale formula which in itself a lot of people would, would argue uh, myself included that Telltale became a genre in itself. Um, a story-based a genre of video gaming where <clears throat> you're not particularly in control of your character very much, although there are moments when you are uh, required to search for clues by moving your character around. Very basic, left, right, up sort of manner. Every game is told and it is drawn in a comic book type of style, um, and a lot of them look very similar, or and also but also distinct in their own way, of course, to, to keep in with the um, source material. Most of the uh, actions are basic really, left and right like I say, uh, you, when you come to, sp- to speak with people you'll have um, your four buttons, whether it's your Playstation, Circle, Triangle, Cross and Square or ABXY on um, Xbox and other keys obviously still aren't there, cause they are available on PC as well and they can, en- they can engage in different reactions from other people depending on what you say and what tone you take with them. Um, in itself, that probably became what was ended up becoming the downfall for Telltale Games as a company. But that is a, that is an episode or a discussion maybe for another time at this point. The big difference compared to Walking Dead here in Big uh, in the with Big Bad Wolf and Wolf Among Us is that said the choices provide in different paths sometimes because there are some quite good uh, different variations of paths taken uh, on, on a journey in Walking Dead. This is more to do with um, how react in certain situations and how you um, develop Big B as a character. So you could be completely diplomatic, uh, friendly, helpful, sincere or outright violent. Um, you know, lay down the law uh, and it can get obviously quite violent as well. Yes, the story is a result of that Uh, as it probably sounds, is a little bit more linear. There's not really that much variance in places to go. You can once or twice choose between two separate locations. Doesn't really have much consequence on the story, however. It's a little bit of a weakness, but it doesn't really do the story any harm. But it, the main story of the game is to, it, it. it does serve as a lesson of how empathy is important in, in maybe dissolving certain situations, or if you choose not to you don't dissolve anything, you just basically stop it. Um, there are obviously some, like I say, it, 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 is a, it can be a very violent game, and violence can be an answer. And that's because, of course, you are the Big Bad Wolf. So, after this short break, it's time for this month's theme. As I've said, it is horror games, um, so I'm going to stick with it, um, a bit late in the day I know, but um, I've got a lot to say about some of these games, so let's get to it. This holiday season, be sure to get that special someone, the gift they really want. The most intense PlayStation games ever, Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil, the director's cut. Now support dual catalogue and <laughs> Sumptuous feast of holiday delights. Gourmet treats for any occasion. The most intense PlayStation games ever. Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil. The director's cut. And so, um, sticking with the horror theme, I uh, had a look around um, some of the history of the horror genre and found that the real th- first horror-themed game of the 90s, so not strictly a horror game by any means really, uh, was Aliens by Konami. Um, the arcade game was a simple scrolling shooter based on the events of the 1986 Cameron sci-fi classic. Um, I was going to play some music from it but to be honest it's a bit rubbish Um, and to be honest so is the game I guess. Um, It's very simple old school arcade classic in in the frame of it as I say it's it's a simple scrolling shooter it's in the vein of a a scrolling beat-em-up but you're literally just um, holding one of those, I can't remember the name of them. Those long um, guns they had, in, um which uh, the, the trigger happy uh, soldiers, marines had in 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 that movie, um, and you just were just blasting away aliens that have been. Well, the xenomorphs themselves have been put in, have been made to stand out with a, with a. Well, I would say a richer colour palette, but it's a very basic colour palette. But well, they've made them even more simple in terms of colouring and blues and purples and and things like that. Um, it's you know it's it's very simple, um, but it is nineteen ninety at the time. It, you know anything could be richer at that point. It does stand up as, as a little bit of an arcade classic. The kind of game you can put. 10 20 30 p.m. at the time and, and have a bit of a blast with it. It's extremely samey and um, there's no real consequence at the end of it, not much of an ending. And um, although the intro is pretty cool, uh, showing the armored personnel carrier rocking up, and um, but um, most of the action is left to right. Uh, there are some rail shooting moments where you are in kind of a almost like a not an elevator but you know like a travelator going forwards and um, as you rescue. Uh, Newt each time Um, it's also two players Um, even for a box standard game at least it's got that element to it player 1 is Ripley player 2 is Corporal Hicks keeping in line with the movie but the best thing about it is and although it was dealt with by different companies um, this one being Konami as I've mentioned before it's a precursor to a lot more varied Aliens games through the 90s and there are a lot of Aliens games through the 90s uh, although aliens as a movie was 1986 um so they done pretty well here releasing a game 4 years after that alien 3 was just around the corner uh, regardless of what you think of of the game there are there were at least two different variants of alien 3 games for um SNES and Mega Drive genesis different types of games uh i remember distinctly remember the SNES one um being quite a mission based Sort of game platforming shooter type game. I'm um, not going to get into too much of that now. I think Aliens in itself is an episode worth making. um And as another strong hint there, uh, with with other quality, uh, an Alien game was when Capcom got hold of the franchise and did Alien vs Predator. Uh, but again, and for another time, another first for the for the month of horror. That now isn't, but I'm doing it anyway. So tough I keep saying that. Um is the you know the first true horror series which isn't Resident Evil although that was the one that really hit the mainstream at the time. But it back in 1992 um began a series on PC called Alone in the Dark which did also make its way to consoles I think when it was I think I think it was the, th- uh, the third game um that was just called Alone in the Dark as well um with a subtitle which was released for PS1 in the late 90s and so on. Um, it's predominantly PC based, though. Um, it, it's it's really it really is the the, the first three D survival horror video game. And the the premise is get out of a mansion, a haunted mansion, no less. Sound familiar? I guess it does. But obviously, this is actual ghosts, not zombies and genetic viruses and and whatnot. Um, the execution of getting out of that is a bit more difficult. Um, plenty of puzzles and obstacles. You can pick up weapons. I know we've been here before, but a lot of the dark did it first. You know, managing a weight based inventory, uh, which we've obviously seen in, in further games such as your Skyrims, Oblivions, and things like that, and, and Fallout as well. So it, was, it could easily be considered the more influential game in a way. Obviously, um, you know, Resident Evil ended up going down its own path and other games took up areas of this, but I think this stands as as, an, as the influence for a lot of these games. Managing inventory, solving puzzles, you know, it just sounds like Resident Evil, I know, it's not. And this was four years before, which is pretty impressive really. Um, Into the early 2000s, going slightly beyond the 90s of course, by the fourth instalment, um, the franchise had come full circle it was then being influenced by Resident Evil to be like Resident Evil because that was the leading series in in survival horror. So it just shows you what goes around and comes around in some ways. Um, it had been developed for the, the console market, there was even a version for the Game Boy Game Boy Color at one point, obviously Resident Evil did that too, um, unspectacularly in my opinion, but there's right, I'm in trying. Um, so yeah, it's a very influential series. Um, it's not one that I, I've, I've collected over the years or anything per se, but its it's importance certainly still stands up today. And now, this. This way! Oh, Barry! That was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> You're right. Barry, thanks for saving my life. But... Indeed. Right. Well, next. So I'm going to finish off with a bit of a a horror top three. Um, And the first one, see if you can guess what the theme is, is this. Playing out like an episode of CBeebies' Andy's Dinosaur Adventures gone horribly wrong, Dino Crisis is excellent fun. The genius creator of Resident Evil, Shinji Mikami, takes on the Jurassic Park theme and makes it survival of the most lethal, uh, with a badass female protagonist codename Regina. And basically, it's Resident Evil sort of style. You are combating yourself through a um, fighting through a facility you've been asked to investigate. And it turns out there's a lot of Lady Raptors there. Um, so it's about um, finding out what's going off at the facility. You don't know who's in on it. Um, it's similar sort of style. Pretty cheesy dialogue. But tweaked, tweaked from the Resident Evil original days. Although it wasn't long after um, after the release of Resident Evil. And it's absolutely intense, action-packed. And yeah, it's Resident Evil with dinosaurs, but it's got other bits to it, and it's just basically excellent. And now, number two, which is Resident Evil 1. We've already covered it already in my in my replay there. Um, But this the end of the day, the nostalgia, nostalgia has a lot to answer for. It's not a case of the original and best at all, but there's a lot to be said about remembering where you've come from. There was simply nothing like it at the time controlling a team of journalists on a deadline through a mysterious mansion, gathering ink ribbons to replenish time writers that have been littered everywhere, presumably only because certain keys work on each one. All the while there's a zombie outbreak happening in the middle of a mansion. Weapons must be used to get out of the way. Nothing gets in the way of the deadline. Am I right? Oh, hang on a minute. That wasn't the plot, was it? Resident Evil 2 is the best horror game of the 90s by quite some distance. It improves on every aspect of the original and retains the pretty cheesy voice acting, which is always a plus in my book. But it also marked the tutorial debut of of one Hideki Kamiya, creator of both the Devil May Cry and Bayonetta franchises. God damn, I love Bayonetta. Resident Evil 2 introduces Leon Kennedy, of obviously further Resident Evil 4 fame as well, um, which is the greatest survival horror game of all time, hands down. Coupling with Claire Redfield, the other deputant to the series, and the varied adventures of the two come together brilliantly in one of the, of the original PlayStation's greatest ever games. And like the original, it's received. It's now receiving the remaster treatment, which is, I believe, is due in January, and it looks incredible. This is for current platforms, PlayStation Four, etc. It will be really something if the best survival hero video game of twenty years, of twenty years ago, sorry, becomes the best twenty years on. How about that? Hi, Rick Mail here. I don't know if you're like me, immensely rich, talented, handsome. Isn't it a bore? Well, I found the answer. Zelda: Link's Awakening from Nintendo. You play a medieval elf. Named Link, you travel through many worlds, meeting endless characters on your eternal adventures. So hey, next time you're Rick Mail, why not try Zelda: Link's Awakening? I think you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda, and inexhaustible Nintendo. Ah, Rick Mail, I miss that man so much. Okay, um, another feature um, on this um, first edition, and obviously ongoing editions will be the Super Play Top 100 now for those who aren't aware this is a list that the uh, brilliant old magazine, SNES magazine um, so it is a bit, yeah, just the one platform I'm afraid um, list of top 100 games uh, for the Super Nintendo that they decided at one point point. Um, and I'm going to play through every single one of them um, alright, maybe some I'll tolerate less and maybe not play all the way through them but we'll see but um yeah, so the first number one hundred on the list is an old number called Cool Spot. So Coolspot. A um, bit of a weird one uh, for re- residents of the of Europe and the UK, uh, including myself. Because Coolspot um which I assume is just a plastic red spot with arms and legs because he's kind of 3D flexible type thing, but not quite sure what he really is from a physicality standpoint. But um so any references to he was a mascot sorry for uh seven up um particularly in america like your Chester the cheetah and, and things like that but um he wasn't in europe um so in europe it was um it was a, a character called fido dido or fido dido i don't know how people pronounced it really had no inkling at the time i was obviously only i was very young myself um which i thought was a much cooler mascot if i'm honest um Teenage looking kid with cool spiky hair bit of bit like um Doug but not w- without green skin in a way but um yeah so that was all lost on 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 UK and European audiences purely because cool Spot was just a massive product placement video game um but a pretty capable platformer at the same time um it's no surprise when you when you play this that it you read the credits that the one of the the main programming was David Perry of uh, your Aladdin on the Mega Drive fame and and then on to Earthworm Jim because this game just looks like everything those games are just a little bit aesthetically different Um left to right platforming but also in, in interspersed with up and down platforming um so going from not just from right to left, but from right to left. Usually searching around for certain items. It's not just a simple not trying to deviate as much from from say Mario or Sonic as much as possible in terms of your searching for some for items um, or goodies, if you like, to to escape from the level as opposed to just get from one side to the other and, and hit the finish line. Um, and in that respect, it's different. It was it was quite refreshing at the time. The main problem with it is it is. Pretty much the same thing all the way through. It's just the levels look different. First level, um, for example, is a beach. Um Spot can you know um, he's got the basics, obviously jumping and, and and climbing and and whatever. And he uses um, he clicks his fingers and like bits of soda come out to attack the enemies. That's unlimited as well. There's no there's no restrictions there. But the aim of the game ultimately is to collect at least 30% of the red spots around the area and the level which could be hidden, a lot of them are very hidden. Um, If this was a game made for the modern day, uh, it would be a trophy stroke achievement dream really um, in terms of collecting everything, um, getting 100% on every level, that sort of thing. If if you're a collector type gamer, um, this is going to keep you busy. Um, Some of them are quite tough to get, particularly on the bonus stages. Uh, where you, you're inside a bottle of 7up um, not in the UK of course, like I just said, they removed all the uh, advertising there but you use bubbles inside to um, to navigate your way up um, and around the bottle uh, to try and t- obtain all of the well, not 100 spots, but mostly up to 100 spots and also trying to get time bonuses to keep your time going and, and, and things like that and you're basically in cool spots colleagues which look identical to him sound identical to him and i'm a bit worried that there's an entire race of cool spots minions trying to take over the world at this point but again they're probably not allowed in the uk i don't know and um, at that point but as a platformer yes it, it is quite capable and um, it's just a shame that every level is the same there are no bosses there are no um different tasks it is purely there are checkpoints in an area to to keep to keep saves um, in case obviously you you lose a life. Um, you're collecting red spots. Um, once you've got your thirty, um, you can go to the cage with your friend and and, and free the character. If you get a hundred, you get more bonuses and and unlock further things. I do believe there is a, a special ending at the end if you get absolutely everything. <clears throat> it's certainly not a game worth playing on just easy mode um, on the old fashioned style of if you play on easy mode you'll get a restricted amount of levels or you'll get to the end and say well sorry you've got to do this on at least medium and 3x amount of, of, of good guys first so it's quite good in that respect in terms of replayability but given the levels and, and and the way they're going and each time it there's not quite enough to keep you bringing back in that respect I think at the time, I didn't feel that way, but if if I'd, to in today's world, if if you play through, I mean, we're we're quite obviously we should feel privileged, but quite a lot of gamers uh, sometimes don't. But you play through a game on easy mode, want to just get a, a simpler feel for things. You get to the end and realize you've got to play the whole thing again. You're more than likely just going to turn it off, and it with the way the levels work and the the, the um, the inevitability of, of of that that every level is pretty much the same, except for the way it looks, you're gonna be instantly put off by having to play through the entirety again um it's yeah, I think it has a worthy spot on on the list um it is last place, believe me, there are worse games than this that I will play on this on this list, but that's obviously subjective, but it was quite nice to revisit cool spot. Although, like I say, in terms of sponsorship and and with Seven Up and all that, it had very little to no meaning um, in the UK at the time. So, um, but it, I mean, it did manage to get a sequel and stuff. I don't know if that was based on the strength of the US release, which I'm I'm assuming would be much bigger um, than the UK release. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's a pretty good game. Oh. I wonder whatever happened to Fido Dino anyway how okay uh, yeah uh, so so again, we we're to we're on to the end now um so my I want to announce my p s n ids and my gamer tag as well my PSN ID is agent Prince that's all one word and on Xbox my gamer tag is agent space Prince um like I mentioned before at the beginning, the Twitter account for this podcast is at WDUDpodcast and my personal handle uh, is agent underscore prince Um, and that's the end of the first episode really, Um, being quite frank, I'm I'm quite new to this Uh, any support or feedback would be much appreciated um, obviously there are tons and tons and tons of podcasts out there I don't expect to break any molds whatsoever at this point I just want to talk about the things that I love and what i what I think about them and doing and trying to keep in with doing it a different theme each month I appreciate yes I' very late with the with the horror theme games technical problems and obviously getting the content um played or, or watched or whatever um, I'm looking to incorporate more of the other entertainment um, sides but keeping it to the 90s i've certainly got an- another idea in the pipeline for the next episode but i'm going to keep that to myself for now but so watch this space on there um but um yeah any feedback will be wonderful um i hope you enjoyed listening to this um, and um yeah see you next time